Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and may God bless. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Wellspring Tabernacle. Today we are continuing in our Christmas series, and I want to look today at at a character in the Christmas story that is very often overlooked. Um, when we think of Christmas, everybody thinks of Mary, everybody thinks of the wise men, everybody thinks of, you know, the uh, bringing presents, everybody thinks of the shepherds, everybody thinks of all these things. But one character that's often overlooked is Joseph. And if I could, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 1. We'll uh, start in verse 18. Um, but it's very, very interesting when we see, you know, how jo- what Joseph did and how his reaction was. But the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, that means engaged or betrothed, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her or in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now there's a lot in that text, and I'm not going to be able to unpack all of it in one. So there's just no way that you can unpack all of that. In I mean, you could. There's there's so many different avenues you could take with preaching from this text. You know, you've got. Of course, we're going to be looking at Joseph. I could look at you know the work of the Spirit in in Mary and Joseph. And we could really hone in on, you know, what on why they called him Jesus. There's just so much in this passage. But what I want to look at today is Joseph, all right, and and a humble man for a heavenly mission. All right, when God moved in time to send His Son Jesus into the world, God chose the perfect vessel when He chose the virgin named Mary. Of course, since the birth of Jesus was to be a virgin birth, there could there. 
would be no need for a human male to father the child. Think back to our Wednesday night when we looked in Genesis 3 when the Bible says that the seed of the woman. It's interesting that the Bible says the seed of the woman because women don't have reproductive seed. Um, and that's how we know that, that in that passage, that's how we know that it was talking about Mary because... Um, you know, he, Jesus was born without a mortal father. Uh, but, how, <clears throat> but because Jesus was coming into this world as a helpless infant, and since God was sending his son into this world to live in poverty and not splendor, there would be a great need for someone to provide for the needs of this child. Therefore, God chose the man Joseph to be the early caretaker of his heavenly son. And it would appear that Joseph was no ordinary man. From our text, it's easy to see that Joseph was a man of compassion, integrity, decency, and love. He was a man who honored God's will in his life and was totally committed to doing God's will. Joseph was a humble man who was more concerned about what God wanted out of his life than about what he himself wanted. He was a humble man, and he was chosen for a heavenly mission. For a heavenly mission. And as, as I read through this passage, I saw a man who possesses certain characteristics that mark him as special. Joseph was the kind of man that we should all as men strive to be. And now I'm sure that the Lord will not call you and I to go through what Joseph went through. All right. Jesus is not going to be born a second time as a little bitty baby. But I'm also sure that God wants to use your life and mine for his glory, just as he looked at Joseph. So I want to take just a little bit of time this morning to look into this passage and point out some of the details of Joseph's life and how they mark him as a man that God could use. And first of all, we want to look at the tragedy that marred his life. In verses 18 and 19, the Bible says that the birth of Jesus was on this wise and that Joseph and his with his espoused wife, his betrothed wife, and that betrothal for all intents and purposes was a marriage, period. I mean, the only thing that they had not done yet was consummate the marriage and live under the same roof. For all intents and purposes, they were married. All right, that's why the angel told him to not be afraid to take his wife, okay, because she was his wife. And But now just imagine... Okay, just imagine he's betrothed to a young woman named Mary, the, and that purpose, that, that period was for all intents and purposes, just like a marriage, all right, the, except for the fact the couple didn't live together and didn't engage in physical relations. Both parties were expected to keep themselves pure for the day they physically came together as husband and wife, and it was common for this period to last several months or longer, but it was during this time, this time of them being together yet separate, that Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant. All right, now just imagine that conversation one time, okay? Okay. Imagine them, you know, they're, they're, they're walking together, holding hands. And all of a sudden Mary says, honey, I got to tell you something. Oh, well, go ahead. What is it? What is it? I'm pregnant. What? Whoa. Hold the phone. What do you mean you're pregnant? We've not done this immediately. You've, you're, you know, you've committed adultery. You've went out and you cheated on me. She says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Okay. And I just, I can see the, the heartbreak of Joseph and I can see the, you know, just the, 
the turmoil that Mary's in having to tell him this, saying, no, you don't understand, Joseph. God came to me. The angel of the Lord came to me and told me that God chose me to bear his son. He said, Joseph, this is not, I've, I've not done anything. All right, this is God doing this. Right, just imagine that conversation just for a minute, okay? If Christina come up and told me that, I would probably smack her and be like, no, huh, that, that ain't happening. No. But but it was during this time, this period of time that Joseph discovers that Mary's pregnant and no doubt she shared with him her side of the story as the phrase, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, but nobody had ever heard of such a thing, okay? They didn't know, they knew bits and pieces of how the Messiah was going to be born. They knew he was going to be virgin born, but they didn't, the Bible, the Old Testament didn't give details about how that conception was going to take place. They didn't know, all right, but it took God and nothing short of God to do that. So <clears throat> Joseph knows where babies come from. And to him, this is, you know, this is crazy. You've lost your mind. Okay. But just imagine now going from that tragedy mars his life to now his dreams have been shattered. Okay. Joseph was looking forward to the day when he and Mary came together as husband and wife to share that crucial intimate part of their selves and he's probably preparing the home where they would live he's putting together all the things that they would need as husband and wife and i'm sure just as his days was filled with work as a carpenter that his nights were with dreams of the future that he, that he had with mary for himself and for the children they would someday have together and then just as a cruel slap in the face came the news that shattered all of his hopes and dreams mary's pregnant and joseph is not the father for a Time, it must have felt like his heart had been ripped out of his chest as every dream that he had came crashing down around him. All his plans, all his hopes, and all his dreams fall from his grasp like grains of scant, like grains of sand. It was a time of shattered dreams. And now Joseph is faced with a dilemma. All right, the Bible says that he was a just man, and this means that he was a righteous man who kept the law of God. This means he knows the law what the law says, and it's quite clear. All right, Jude Deuteronomy. 22 says when a woman's found guilty of adultery, she's to be stoned to death. But in Deuteronomy 24, there's another option. It says he can just give her a bill of divorcement and send her away. And as he mediates, Joseph determines, all right, I love this woman, even though she has betrayed me, even though she has hurt me, I'm not going to have her stoned to death. I'm going to put her away privately. And that's the best course of action. So no doubt the things that Joseph pondered broke his heart. And I just want to just want to pause for a minute and look at how, at how big of a portrait of the harsh realities of life this is. All right, we do our best. We make plans. We get things all lined up the way they ought to be. And then something happens. Some big event happens that causes all of those to come crashing down all around us. When these things happen, it breaks our hearts because it isn't what we wanted or what we expected. And it looks to us as though it could be the worst thing possible. But like Joseph, we are blind to the fact that God is working behind the scenes. I almost titled this sermon God's Up to Something. I really did because God was at work the whole time behind the scenes. All right, And in fact, and this is what people don't understand, in fact, some of the time it was God that shattered those dreams. 
The things that take place in our life are not accidents, but they're but they're carefully planned and arranged and designed to help us grow in the Lord. And this is this is hard for us to understand, but it's still the truth. Y'all have heard me say many times, all right, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. But good, for all things working together for our good doesn't mean that everything is always going to be good. So God works in our lives in ways that we can't even begin to comprehend. His plans for us are not what we would always have chosen for ourselves, but His plans are always the best, even when they hurt us deeply. We may not like it when the Lord shatters our dreams, but when everything's been said and done, we'll see that his plan was and is the best plan of all. Think of Joseph, all right? The, and I'm talking when I'm not talking about this Joseph, I'm talking about Old Testament Joseph. His path led him from a place of prominence in his father's house through a pit and into Potiphar's house and, th- and, and into prison. And, but in the end, he would sit in the place of power on the throne in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. It would have never happened had God not first shattered his dreams and broken his heart in Genesis chapter 50. And we might as well face it today is that we, if we we're going to be used greatly of the Lord. Y'all hear me right now. If we are going to be used greatly of the Lord, there will be trials along the way. Elijah had to hide himself by Cherith before he could stand in power on Mount Carmel. David had to deal with lions and bears privately before he could publicly face Goliath. It's hard for us to understand, but those whom God uses greatly, he often hurts deeply. But in the middle of all this tragedy, Joseph is given a task. And this task marked him. God placed a call on his life. And just imagine the the call that God placed on his life, all right? Joseph is asleep. An angel comes to him in a dream and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because that that is in her is of the Holy Ghost. God says, I'm up to something here, Joseph. There's a holy thing going on in your life. All right. Now, a great tragedy may have marred Joseph's life and may have shattered his dreams, but this task marked his life. All right. Joseph is told that the child Mary carries is no ordinary baby, and he finds out that Mary's child is the Son of God. And Joseph is instructed that he's not to divorce Mary and he's not to have her stoned, but he is to take himself, take her to to himself as his wife, and he's to embrace her child as if he was his own son. Joseph is told to name the child, thus he's given the responsibility of caring and providing for this baby named Jesus. This man is handed a difficult task. After hearing what's required of this task, Joseph learns the amazing truth. The baby that Mary carries is to be the fulfillment of the greatest promise that God ever gave to man in Genesis 3.15. All right, remember back to our Wednesday night. God told the serpent, he said, the seed of the woman, will cr- well, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. For thousands of years, the Jews had looked down through the corridors of time, eagerly awaiting the 
the Messiah, all right? They wanted their king to come. And what? how Joseph knew this. He was raised in this. He was raised being taught from a very young age. Jewish men still are today. They're taught to look and await the coming of the Messiah. So imagine what it must have been like when an angel comes knocking on Joseph's door and says, hey, Joseph, you remember that promise that I made way back there when Adam and Eve was in the garden? You're going to be the man who raises the child of that promise. That promise is going to be fulfilled and you're going to raise the one who will fulfill it. But as the prophets looked ahead to this moment in time when a virgin would conceive and bear a son and it would be Emmanuel, God with us, all of creation grown together for the day when this child would come and deliver this world from the bondage and the blight of sin. Then Joseph hears the angel tell him that this child is to be named Jesus. Why? Because, all right, the name Jesus means Yahweh is salvation, all right? And his name literally means marked him as the one who would save his people from their sins. Now, who are the people of God? Who are this people that Jesus is going to save? I've got good news for you this morning. The people that Jesus will save is each and every person that comes to him by faith. All right, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God who were born not of the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but of the will of God. Friend, this morning Jesus came to do Jesus. There was God did not perform a cosmic gamble when he sent Jesus to this earth. Jesus was not a backup plan to the fall of man. The Bible says that he was the lamb slain from before the foundations of the world. All right, This moment, this Jesus that would save his people from their sins was in the plan of God the entire time. So now, I'm sure looking at this that Joseph does not understand everything that's happening. I'm certain, you know, he doesn't grasp all the importance of this moment. But if he did, then he would have understood that God was entering this world through the womb of a virgin. He would have understood that God, who is spirit and fills all things, was coming into this world in the person of a helpless infant. He would have known that Yahweh was coming to live in his house, learn his trade, sit on his knee, and would grow up to die for the sins of the world. John said he's, the, he's not just a propitiation for our sins, but of the sins of the whole world. Joseph probably didn't understand it all, but I believe he got enough to know that God had just transformed what he thought was his worst nightmare into what would become his greatest blessing. He understood enough so that he could put his shoulder to the load God had called him to bear with joy. All right, now oftentimes the way we look at life is like watching a parade go by while standing between two tall buildings. All you're able to see of the parade is that portion that's passing directly in front of you at any given moment. You have a memory of what has already passed, but you have no idea of what is yet to come. You have to wait until it gets to you. But if you were to climb on the top of one of those buildings, you'd be able to see the parade in its entirety. You'd see the beginning, the middle, and the end all at the same time. There'd be no surprise. And that's the way we see life, isn't it? All we can really see is the part that happens to be passing before our eyes at the present time. We have a blurred memory of that which has gone before, but we have no idea 
idea about what is coming our way. God, however, sits above it all. To him, there are no surprises. He knows the end from the beginning because he had it planned all the way through. The best thing we can learn to do is to simply trust him to bring the best into our lives day by day. Even when our dreams are shattered and our hopes are dashed to pieces on the jagged rocks of reality, we need to trust the truth that our Father is still in control and that He will take care of His children. Despite what you and I think at times, God does know what is best for us. May we never forget, now y'all listen, all right? It is from the wreckage of our greatest hurts that God builds for us the greatest of blessings. Just because the way is dark, don't stop holding to his hand. He may lead you through some dark places, but he'll never forsake you in any of them. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup prunneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wherever his path leads you can count on his provision to be sufficient for the need of the hour. The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. God has it all in control and his plan is for our good and for his glory. So when your dreams lie broken around you, when your plans have been destroyed and your hopes have been dashed at your feet remember that it might look that even though it looks awful from our perspective God is working out his perfect will in your life and mine so we can all confidently walk with our hand held safely in his grasp even when we can't see the way or understand the why our duty to him is to walk with him humbly by faith until he brings us to the place where he has already placed our provision. See, while we're toiling here today, he's already gone into tomorrow and arranged the path, supplied the need, and lifted the burden. There's an old song that says, keep on walking. We'll get to, it says, we'll get to heaven someday, better get in the right way, walking in the light of the Lord, just one step at a time. You'll arrive at the place where questions are answered and the needs are met in his time. Because you see, and I know that a lot of people have issue with this, but God does indeed have a plan for your life. And the task he has for you to fulfill may not be easy, but along the way there will be some times when heaven will brush up close to the earth and God will give us a little glimpse of that which he's doing in our lives. And it's those moments that make the tasks he assigns bearable. You think of someone who's been very, very sick. They've been in and out of hospitals you know, for years and years and years. And then finally the day comes, maybe, maybe they had cancer or something like that. They've gone through treatment after treatment, doctor after doctor, test after test. And finally the day comes when the doctor comes in and says, it's gone. You're in remission. Live your life however you want to. They don't remember all of the tests and all of the tears. They remember when it started. Yes, it was hard, but now it's gone. 
now the burden's lifted. And that's how we are. You know, we'll remember when it started and we'll say, yeah, it was rough. It was hard. But then we get to the end of it and it's, I can breathe again. And you celebrate the day that the burden was lifted. You don't look back and mourn over everything that went on beforehand. But then, looking at verses 24 and 25, we look at the testimony that measured Joseph's life. And the real test of maturity is not what a person faces in life, nor is it revealed in what they are called on to do. The real evidence of the depth of a person's character is seen in what they do with what they're handed. It's one thing to be placed in a trial. It's another thing altogether to respond to that trial in a proper manner. It's one thing to be called to carry out a task for the Lord, but it's another thing altogether to do it without question. All right, now we've looked at the tragedy that marred this man's life. We've looked at the task that marked his life, but let's take a moment and think about the testimony that measured his life. For in Joseph's response to the tragedy and to the task, we're given a, pr a priceless glimpse of this man's testimony. All right, Now, many men would have walked away from the Lord and from Mary at that moment. They would have walked away from the task that was handed to him, but, as, but not Joseph. As soon as he awoke, he rose and carried out the command of the Lord. All right, There's no doubt that people talked about this young couple that had been unable and unwilling to wait until they were properly married. At this point in Joseph's life, he's not interested in what the community thought about him. He simply wanted to carry out the will of God for his life. All right. And let me just pause right here and say something. All right. When God puts something on the inside of a person, when God births something in somebody's life, there's going to be haters. There's going to be people that run their mouth. There's going to be people that talk. There's going to be people People that, that wag their head and, and more importantly wag their heathen hypocritical tongue. But here's the thing. When you know that it's something God's put in your life, you can't help but do what God's told you to do. Now I could, I could say a whole lot more than that, but I, I'll just, I just want to let, let people know. All right, when God does something in your life, there's going to be naysayers and there's going to be people that want to pull back and want to detract from you and that, and that they'll do just like Joseph was in mind to do of Mary. All right, God's doing something holy in Mary's life. He's birthing his son into the world and Joseph had mind to put her away. All right, and I know that nothing that God does in us can really be compared to what God did with Mary and Joseph, but there's still some application there. All right, that, when God does, when God saves a person and they tell people about it, they're going to lose friends over it. There's going to be people that pull back from them and that walk away from them. But the beauty of it is, is that when you stick it out with the Lord, God will bring that thing to completion. All right, but he's not, but Joseph's not interested in what the community thought. He just wants to carry out the will of God for his life. And in spite of his questions, in spite of his fears and his concerns, Joseph sets out by faith to obey the Lord. And and even, and look at what the text says, even when he took Mary into his home, he refrained from physical contact with her. The Bible says he didn't know her until she was born until Christ was born. He obeyed the Lord and he preserved 
her purity until after Jesus had been born. He was a man willing to bear the shame and reproach leveled at him from the community, but he's also willing to place his own needs and desires and rights as her husband on the back burner. He wants nothing more than to do the perfect will of God. How many of us could say the same? That would be a hard task. That would be a very difficult task. And when the child is born, Jesus takes the next step of faith and names the child Jesus, just as he'd been commanded by the angel of the Lord. And as far as we know, Joseph never faltered as he perfectly carried out the commands of God for his life, in spite of the fact that he had been called upon to believe the impossible and to do the incredible, he never wavered. He did what the Lord told him to do. All right, now just put yourself, all right, in those shoes just for a moment. Has God called you this morning to believe the impossible? I believe he has. We're to believe that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We're to believe that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We're to believe that he'll restore the years that the canker worm has stolen. We're, believed to, we're, we're called to believe God for everything in this life. And as we move through this life, as we navigate it, we know that the Lord has a plan to use us for His glory. That's the end, that's the end job of man is to glorify God. But we know that this plan may be difficult for us to carry out. There's going to be some rough patches along the way. There's going to be some significant bumps in our path. But genuine faith in God never seeks the easier road. Faith is willing to go where God leads it, regardless of the cost and regardless of the consequences. Real faith says, on the surface, this looks like the worst thing that I've ever faced. But still, I know that God has gone ahead of me and that he planned the path I'll take. Therefore, I'll not look to the right or look to the left, but I will faithfully place my feet in the footprint he's already left in front of me I'll follow him wherever he sends me and I will not turn back in spite of what I might face I may look like a nightmare at this moment but I know that his plan is the best plan and that he'll take this tragedy and turn it into triumph so I say here I am send me Lord so what will you do when your dreams become nightmares Will we look to the right or look to the left or will we look ahead and say, God, you know what's best and I'll follow you in this. So, you know, winding down to the end of this, did you know that God used Joseph in the life of Jesus in a powerful fashion? No doubt Joseph was very involved in the life and training of Jesus as a young man. God took a poor humble carpenter and used him to carry out an important heavenly mission. And what's important for us to understand is that God is still looking for people he can use to carry out his will in the world today. Now I'm certain that he'll never task any of us with what he tasked Mary and Joseph with, but I do know that he has plenty of assignments that need to be filled. He's looking for people who will follow him in spite of the tragedies life gives them. He's looking for people who will take, take up the task that he assigned them and to go all in for God. He's looking for people who possess the right kind of testimony who will go with him until their assignment is completed. All right. And this morning, are you that kind of person? If you are, 
than just say, Lord, here I am, send me. And you say, and you might be thinking right now, well, you know, well, what kind of person is God looking for? All right. Looking for a person that when tragedy strikes their life, you don't give up on God. You don't just give up when everything comes cracking. And, and hey, I know. I know the, the temptation and the desire just to throw our hands up and say, I'm done. I get it. But if we're going to do anything for the Lord, if we're going to be effective for Him, we can, we've stood back and watched as our dreams have become nightmares and you're overwhelmed by the task the Lord has assigned. I can tell you this. I don't know your heart and I don't know your need. I don't know the task that God has given you, but I do know that there's grace to be given for you to complete your mission. I don't know what that mission is, but I do know the God who can and will help you along the way. So let's take this lesson from Joseph's life. Let's take this and apply it to our own lives. An a tragedy strikes and then following that tragedy is an insurmountable task. The only way that we will, that we will rise to the occasion is with the help of God. God's not looking for perfect people to carry out His will. God's just looking for willing people. God's not looking for people that have it all together. Otherwise, He wouldn't have used me. All right. He's just looking for people that will say, as Isaiah did, Here am I. Send me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at wellspringtabernaclenc at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.